With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello? Good evening and welcome to Mo's Book Review Between the Bookends. Are you guys hearing me well? It's a little weird. But I'm listening to the guys, the fellas, they told me to do all this stuff. So isn't that crazy? Hold on a second. One more. I try to act like this is a, a black tie event. <laughs> oh man, like flowing black tie. Anywho, we know I'm crazy. So, guess what? I'm a little nervous tonight because I'm not certain about all this technical stuff. They got me drinking sweet tea. Hmm. It shouldn't be. All right, was that feedback before or the feedback now? 
Okay. So Katrina, did you get the email? I'm wondering if the feedback is due to the headset or is it the fan? I'm gonna tell y'all right now, it's freaking almost, the fan says 90 degrees. It's 90 degrees in here. Oh, you can hear me on the phone line? Okay. So, hot diggity dog biscuits. I got the phone line working and everything, too. Cheek, thank you for showing up and showing out. Okay, so good. Okay. So now, Katrina is coming in. So that's how you're going to speak to us, Katrina. Can you say hi? And let me see if I can hear you. saying, listen, I'm orange on this thing because I'm on my tablet. It's something freaking fierce, hot. I don't know what we're going to do about this weather. All right, I put the chat over there, but if I tell y'all how tiny this, this thing is, and it's pissing me off because that's not a touch screen. Like, this is a touch screen, that's not a touch screen. I didn't hear Katrina though. Did you say hello? Just say like, hi, I'm Katrina. So that's what I'm supposed to be having in Texas. like deleting screen. It made me in a little screen. Alright, maybe I can rock like this. I kind of got it's some crazy thing. Okay, let's see. Oh, but Katrina did I just delete the, the other thing? Hold on a second. Because you know I was deleting screen. Okay, so in the talk show. 
Um, the only problem, did you speak in this? Oh, wait a second. Let me unmute you. You can speak now. Um, hi, this is Katrina. Hi, Katrina. How are you? Hi. Fine. How are you? I'm great. Do all you guys hear that? Let me put this over here. <laughs> Hi, Katrina. How are you? Hello, everyone. So do you still have your live going? I think you just got to mute it. It can still yeah. go, but it just got to be muted. And then I think we're all good. Do we sound good, guys? My check, my check. Yeah, we have working as well. Do we sound good, guys? You can't hear her. That's what, that's what I'm asking. All right. They can't hear you. All right. Let me go on and hang out and see if. That's what I told you. I wasn't sure this thing connected to this thing. So, no, the communication should be the microphone, but the speaker should be. Let's try this one as a speaker. Go ahead, speak again. Um, say hello, Katrina. Testing. Hello, everyone. How are you this evening? Is that better, guys, in the chat? What I need to do, because now I made sure that the speaker was the uh, whatever that thing is. Right now, sir, I'm trying to figure out how to get this thing to work properly. You didn't use the headset? All right. So I'm going to take off the headset. <laughs> I ain't got no problem with that. So hold on. I'm going to take off the headset and see if there's no headset. 
So just for the other people out here, this is girl power. This is how we get down. All right. Say hello again, Katrina, and let's see if that's better. Oh, but you said, I think I changed some setting here. Oh, but how am I going to hear her? Good evening, Good evening Monica. Monica. Holy shit. Did y'all hear her? Well, she came out the, the, the screen. Hi, Harris. We almost got it together. We're just trying to hear each other. Did y'all hear Katrina? Yay. Okay. out they made me buy headsets for no reason but i hear like a humming sound is that better guys okay great so i'm just gonna be sweating my ass off through this but that's okay so as you know today we were reviewing the book the hate you give and i have katrina on the line at some point if rodriguez enters or she sends me her email, I could put her on the um, phone line. I don't want to drop the phone number in this chat right now because I don't want to have the um the intruders enjoying our space <laughs> right now. It was the fan. I wish I knew which one it was. Oh, it's hot up in here. Okay. And if you if you don't know the book. It's being turned into a movie, and a movie is going to hit theaters October 19th. So, as, as you know how this goes, I am going to do a movie review to see the movie. Okay, let me see. So, um, that's just great. Okay, Katrina. How are you? Welcome to the big top. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, how are you doing today? Great, great. Did you have a good time reading this book? Yes. It got Wait, it kind of started so kind of slow, but then it got to where I couldn't put it down. <laughs> I just <laughs> yesterday it was like, oh my god, I was killing it. But um I enjoyed it. Overall, I really enjoyed it. Overall, you enjoyed it? Was it realistic yes. to you? Yes. Yes. Because I grew up in a city and, you know, the um, that's, that's the true facts of of their life, of the thugs and, and the gangsters. And once you get into the gangs and how they come after you and the family, all of that is so real. It's it's real life. Which one? Not when hmm. Well, you know what? Let's try to introduce it to everybody else. The 
they'll understand what we're talking about. So this is a story. It's um, centered around police brutality, but it's from it's from a teenager's perspective. When a teenager is put into a situation where they're they're thrust in the middle of a controversial situation and they have to grow up quickly and become an adult. Like reality just set in. So the the story centers around a young lady, her name is Star Carter. Star spelled with two R's because she's a superstar. Um, She's 16 years old. She lives in a poor neighborhood. However, she attends a high school in an um, affluent section, whereas the parents, whereas the parents of those students are extremely rich. Um, they live a charmed life. Would you say that that's a good de- depiction of the community? Uh, Katrina? Yes, that she um, they went out the hood. Basically, the stuff happens. I'm I was bust out of my neighborhood. We was, and I went to school the same way from the, the neighborhoods. I got on the school buses and rode to school 45 minutes every day. The only and one from my neighborhood. <laughs> yes. And what's interesting about this young lady is that she lives with her, um, both her parents, so her mother and her father, and her father owns a store inside of the poor neighborhood that they live in. So, um, so she's she's um, she's split between two worlds. She is down in the hood by night, but gets to escape and go into the other neighborhoods for education and benefits in the daytime. It's not just her; it's her brother, and I think she got two brothers. So she has two brothers, right? One brother, yes, yes, right. One brother is actually um, so both of her, all both of her, so her siblings share the same father, but her oldest brother um, has a different mother, and um, he was actually, uh, you know, they had some stuff going on. Papa was a Rolling Stone, but. <laughs> But he actually had, did she marry him afterwards? I think they was dating or something. They, oh, you know what it was? They were dating, spoiler alert. The father and the mother were, da- were, were dating and they had like a little breakup and he took a um, he took a twist with this other lady and had a child. And anyway, they lived a, they, they lived with all the children in, in, in the household. So um, all kids live with their dad. Dad is super engaged. Um, the mother is super. She's a nurse, right? Yes. And he's very, he's very, he was very involved in all of his children's life. He didn't play no favoritism. Nope. Nope, he sure didn't. Um, Santa's dad. wife was a good woman. Oh, yes. She's definitely loving, devoting. Devoted to her husband, devoted to the kids, all the kids, even um, the oldest son. All the kids attended school outside of the neighborhood. So, um, and the kid, and what's loving about it is that all the kids are very close. So it's not any rivalry. Even to the fact that her brother 
the, the one that's out of the wedlock has a sister, you know, by his mom, and her and Star are extremely close. So the blended families just extends over into um, all the kids. And that's what I, I love about this story, because as you know, you know, I grew up in a home with foster kids, and um, the one thing you want to be as a kid is accepted and inside of a home with just love, like, you know, and you want to be able to interact with other kids and there's just love. So even though they share this brother and they go through um, their jealous moments of each other, you could tell that the love is just genuine between the ladies. Yes. If there's any characters, I think after I said it, I then didn't want to give up too much about all the characters because then I remembered the book is coming out and I feel like you guys, I mean, the movie's coming out and I feel like you guys should see the movies and get to know the characters inside the movie. I'm definitely going to go see the movie. Um, so just giving you a breakdown into the story. Uh, Star attends a party in the hut with her brother's um, sister, the one I just described. So they attend this party. They're going, um, they're in there cutting it up. They're cutting it up, right? And Star is a little out of place. I th you know, she's because she doesn't really engage in the community. And then, um, so she's a little off to the side or whatever. And one of her childhood friends, Khalil, right? Khalil is there at the party. He works at the store that her father owns. So he's very familiar with her. A fight breaks out. They leave the party together in his car. He's taking her home. He gets pulled over by a police officer. The whole, so Officer 115. That just stood out to me in the whole book that the author refused to give him an identity other than Officer 115. Exactly. Which was which was good because we always get the officer's name. We don't just get them, we don't just um put isolate them to what they are, just their job. And and because at the end of the day, that's what they act like. It's just their it's just their job. So it was telling to me that she continued to refer to him as Officer 115, but it was more interesting to me that Star referred to him as Officer 115. And the reason why that stands out to me is because that's all she saw that night. He had no name when he shot her friend. All she could see was his badge number. And that's what you want to remember if you're in a tragic situation. Like there's something that you just want to remember about the person. So that's his badge number. So she calls him Officer Woman Five. Um, anything you want to add, Katrina? Go right ahead. Well, you know, you know that's what their dad taught him because he was from the streets, and he always told them to read, look if you can get the badge number. So that's what that's what she got from the beginning, and that's what always stuck out with her. And that never changed. That never changed. And she didn't forget. If she forgot anything at any time, it was never his badge number. 
Well, I wish Khalil, Khalil would have had more influence that he could have conducted himself a little bit differently on the stop. Not to blame him for his death, but everyone knows that a sudden move is a sudden move. But the police officer was way out of protocol. I've never even heard of the police officer having you step out of the car, stand by the side of the car, and then he walks back to his car. He didn't like the idea, and that's what we have to tell him is, he didn't like the idea. He just got smart with him. He was cocky with him. And that's what took the officer to the other direction. He didn't ask for that. He just, It was wrong in all accounts, and then he panicked. He he panicked, and you can't take that back once you get started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and on top of it, these were not, this traffic stop didn't have anything really like you didn't roll up on some kids and smell marijuana. There was nothing out of the ordinary other than they left a fight to go home. So they left one bad situation and found themselves in a worse situation, which is something that can happen every day, just in passing. So, um, and I agree, Yvonne, there just needed to be some more rules. And the odd thing about it, even though um, Star is explaining to him, Star, Star is explaining to him, um, like, yo, keep it, like, yo, don't move. <laughs> like, she's like trying to, she's trying to convey to him the tips that she's gotten from her father in that short period of time. But when you need, know that you need to be quiet at the same time because the officer is present. So it's a hard situation when you're trying to redirect your friend's behavior. So that's what um, I found interesting about this book also, because it's written from a perspective of how we have to behave. And I think that the book was long and boring in those parts because it was so drawn out, because it was reinforcing the behavior that you should exhibit when stopped. So um, she didn't just stop at that one page. It it may seem like some of her themes were, um, or some of the, the stuff was drawn out and explained in one way. You can infer it, but then it was deeply explained. Kudos to Angie Tom, Thomas, really, because if young Black children, children of color, Black, brown children are reading your book, you're reinforcing positive behavior. And it's something that they really need to hear and it has to be repetitive so that they got it. So if you come from a neighborhood, you're reading this book and you've already gotten all the jewels and, and tools of how to handle yourself and you're brought up in a different way, you may find those topics or those conversations just belabored in the book and find yourself saying, why does she keep repeating that? Um, because we have to repeat things to our kids so that they get it. Katrina? Yes. Uh, look, have you got anything to say? Don't let me just toggle the air. Well, that, I mean, you know, that, that was good. He said, he, as Ivana asked the question, did he get, um, was the tell? Like the reason for the stop, that's what the officer conveyed when he said, why did you stop us? 
that's what he had said, but things just went. I think him being disrespectful, we have to teach our kids, but he's from the streets too, so he got a little street in him, but we have to put on this person that we're really not just because of the attitude that they carry. Everything has to become yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And you might feel discriminated against, but like she has that number, then you guys could have took it to another level from there. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just have, we have, I mean, these were teenagers. I'm like, to, you know, he didn't say, oh, we pulled you over because we heard gunshots from the pot, the party they just came from. He just pulled them over because he said the tail light. So we have to teach our children. You have to learn to bite. Just bite your tongue. Biting your tongue might save your life in certain situations. And that was one to where I think if it would have, if he wouldn't have got, cocky with him, he wouldn't have got on the defense. And the way, you know, some of these children is today, I don't want to stop them. Because, you know, they, they, they really, they is, these are my little children I am. So, I mean, I really felt for him. It was, let's get to where, um, Kenyatta, that was the sister that Seven and Star shared. That's how Star winded up at the party with Kenyatta. Her father being from the streets, he didn't really like her doing too much hood stuff because he was from the hood and he knew the type of neighborhood that they stayed in. So he was very strict on them. So she really snuck off to that party and wasn't supposed to be at that party. Yeah, that was true, too. She wasn't supposed to be there. Um, the officer parks and puts his brake and puts his brakes on. I blink to keep from being blinded. I remember something else Daddy said. If you're with somebody, you better hope they don't have nothing on them or both of you all going down. Okay? You don't have anything in this car, do you? I asked. Watches the cop in his side mirror. Nah. The officer approaches the, the driver's door and taps the window. As if he weren't blinded enough, the officer's beam the officer beams his flashlight in our faces. License registration is shown. He doesn't do what the cop wants. What you pull us over for? License, registration, and proof of insurance. I said, what you pulled us over for? Khalil, I plead. Do what he do what he said. Khalil groans and takes his wallet out. The officer follows his movements with the flashlight. My heart pounds loudly. But daddy's instructions echo in my head. Get a good look at the cop's face. If you can remember his badge number, that's even better. With the flashlight following Khalil's hands, I make out the numbers on the badge. 115. 
He's white, mid-30s to early 40s, has a brown buzz cut and a thin scar over his top lip. Khalil hands the officer his papers and license. 115 looks over them. Where are you two coming from tonight? Nanya, Khalil says, meaning none of your business. What you pull me over for? Your taillight's broken. So you're going to give me a ticket or what? Khalil asks. You know what? Get out the car, smart guy. Man, you just give me my ticket. Get out the car, hands up where I can see them. Khalil gets out with his hands up. 115 yanks him by his arm and pins him down against the back door. I fight to find my voice. He didn't mean hands on the dashboard. The officer barks at me. Don't move. I do what he tells me, but my hands are shaking too much to be still. He pats Khalil down. Okay, smart mouth. Let's see what you find. On, let's see what we find on you today. You ain't gonna find nothing. 115 pats him down two more times. He turns up empty. Stay here, he tells Khalil. And you, he looks in the window at me. Don't move. I can't even nod. The officer walks back to his patrol car. My parents haven't raised me to fear the police, just to be smart around them. They told me it's not smart to move while a cop has his back to you. Khalil does. He comes to his door. It's not smart to make a sudden move. Khalil does. He opens the driver's door. You okay, star? Wow. Imagine your 16-year-old witnessing that. This is what we go through. This is what the book takes you through, what she actually observed, how she, how she um, deals with this. And the book takes you through all of the different emotions she faces as first the case is revealed um the community is outraged when the community doesn't know who the star witness is star witness but who the witness was but you know the hood always knows everything the hood someone from the hood always sees something so um, just an interesting walk through this young lady's decision to testify. So at first, her parents did everything to protect her from actually going through with um, being a witness and testifying. But it was community outrage, as we see today, oftentimes when there's an incident. And it was motivated by community outrage that the um, that the case even 
that the, the officer even got arrested. There is a section of the book where the officer's family is like appalled at the fact that their son is arrested. So they got a voice. Um, and there was no voice for Khalil. Eventually, she decides to testify. Um, all right. So her brother, Star's brother, I love this when parents do this with their kids' names. So Star's brother's name is Seven. And he has two younger sisters that he cares for a lot. So even though he is in the home with his dad and he has a sister and his brother in that relationship, he also has two sisters that are in, that live with his mother. And his mother lives with the big drug dealer in the hood. So his mother is a well-kept kind of sort of lady. She's, she's rolling with the big dog. And his oldest, and as I told you, his oldest sister is, the oldest of his sisters is Francis Clark. Like she's going through this situation, so we already have her having witnessed this murder um, or witnessed this police-involved shooting because um, they never get classified as murders. They always are considered a police-involved shooting. And back in the days when she was a younger child, she witnessed one of her best friends. Um, and and don't get don't get me wrong, Khalil and her were very close because they were in her. I think it was his grandmother was her daycare provider. So they were in, they were inseparable when they were little. They even took baths together. So she definitely knew him or or was very familiar with him. So I would like to say the story took place in some town somewhere. It had remnants of sounding like Chicago life. So go figure. But it could be any city, USA. Katrina, you had a better take on where it was. I think that like, I wasn't like paying detail to oh, that little town. It could be, this, this story could take place in anywhere USA. Um, Star struggle with friendships. She so Star also struggles balancing all of her relationships. So she has friends at school. Um, it, it's like really there's there's a lot of stuff with race and you know just dealing with the eco social issues because although they are um, she lives in the poor neighborhood. Her father makes a good. Her father makes a good money because he owns the store, and um, her mother is a nurse. So that right there, they could have always moved out. Star's uncle is a police officer, and there's a lot of engagement there because he's a police officer in this same precinct where all this happened. At school, Star dates a Caucasian kid 
who's obsessed with black culture and lives vicariously through the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She also has an Asian friend and another Caucasian friend. And we see the different interactions between those relationships. But there comes a point in the book when all the kids have to meet up, the kids from the affluent school and the kids from the hood because they're searching for justice justice as what it looks like for them and they take you through this this evening of between protests and everything else they 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 climb you through this as they are navigating through it and the interesting thing is they all rock hard together and you can see that you you could just see friendship that because Star is the middle person in all of these relationships there, how they are so driven to her or drawn to her. And um, it's just a it's just a good feel. This that's the moment of the book that I felt was like Nancy Drew mysteries, like they're trying to solve something, but they're also um being kids, like they you gotta read the book or go see the movie. But they just do what kids do. They, they just do what kids do. And it's it's refreshing. Um, before Star is outed as being the um as being, and I think this is very important, as being the witness, she is in the school, the Caucasian school, and you know, the affluent school. Sorry about calling the Caucasian school, but the school in the other district. So she's up there and the kids in the school want to protest because they stand all the protests going around. But their reasons for wanting to protest is to get out of taking a test at, at school. So they use it and stage a whole protest to get out of school, to get out of taking a test. So although Star, it, she refuses to participate in their protest and goes and sits in class and takes the test. Yes, it's a book review. shows you her strength and she does have she does have to process the difference between the communities so whereas people in her hometown down in the, in the poorer neighborhood are protesting because they've lost the light she quickly learns that her friends that she's been going to school with are kind of self self selfish. Like they did it all for the wrong reason. And then that becomes a, a big turmoil for her because she has to deal with why they did it and you know making them understand how important this how important this is that it's more than just getting out and taking a test. Somebody was a murder. And before they get to be Nancy Drew kids and try to figure out what happened, who this guy is, and that she might know him, 
um, they've already blew the um, blew the friendship one on one. We go do the same theme. It's the it's the same. The outcome is not any different. Um, so the author stayed true to our reality. I actually called it realistic fiction because although this book is supposed to be fiction, it's not based on anybody's specific situation. It is realistic fiction in my view because um, she, she, she kept the ending as we would expect the ending to be and she gave it but this much attention. And I appreciated that more I don't know what I did to Katrina, but I appreciated that more that she gave it that much attention that the decision would be um, what we typically hear as a decision. But the focus was how the community evolves around a situation like this, how the witness deal with being witnesses. And as in the hood, there's a hood of things. You know, witnesses get stitches. <laughs> so even even in a case where you're standing up for somebody, it's not always welcomed by some of the members in the community that you speak up. And you see there's turmoil there, and you'll have to read the book really to to understand it. But you would you'll get to meet the blacks. You get to meet these kids' parents and these kids' parents' lifestyle. And you'll wonder how did these kids really turn out to be really good kids. Like even for me, I found all the kids to be any kid next door that you would know who just needs love and guidance. Um, there's a lot about the riots that they caused and this is the eco-social stuff that is was also compelling to me inside the book in that we protest in our neighborhood right and we break down and destroy our community that is hitting our stores um you understand star's father owns a store in the neighborhood they're they're looting and burning down they're, they're breaking up their own community, being outraged. And all of that thought processes are here in the book. So you get to hear or experience by reading um, through your through in throughout the book, each person's decision as they're protesting, why they take this on. So as we as I spoke about what the children did at the school, then also what is going on in the neighborhood. And then also the different approaches, the, the police, the riot gear, and you, you know, just how we have to be maintained at the end of the day. So not only is there a death of a young man, but then there's all the other spoils that go around with it. It's a ripple effect that's just like crazy, but it, I thought it was really captured in detail it may be a little bit too wordy for some that are not wanting to be uh, embrace the reality of the situation from the perspective of the victim or the impacted party 
it's close all throughout the book there's a narrative that the young folks are always up to no good but um having worked with youth i see a different perspective and having read the book she conveyed a different perspective if i had to give a negative about her portrayal of the children uh the young, uh, they were young adults, but they seemed to have been here before. They were able to handle adult situations so much more maturely. So I don't think that the characters really lined up with the age. Like what they were um, participating in didn't line up for a 16-year-old. Like I would expect it more of that from maybe a 20 a 20 year old, someone that has had like a year or two in college. Like, so I wasn't, I, so the maturity of Star, maybe it's because she went to the other school and the other community and was exposed to a different um, way of processing stuff that she was able to um, connect in this way. But I just found, you know, the, the kids were just a little bit more mature than their age, than their chronological age and the thing. Katrina, did I disconnect you? Did we lose you? No, I'm right here. I'm listening. Oh. I hear you. <laughs> um, but you know, Star had to go. She went to so you know, Natasha was 10. They was 10 when Natasha got killed. Mm-hmm. And then she had her uncle Carlos, which was a detective that helped raise them while her dad was in jail. So she always had a different balance to see how life could have been and how the, what the re, she seen what the reality of it was in the end. Their father and them, you know, as parents that tried to protect them from the stuff that went on in the hood, but eventually, you see, they had got caught up and all that the night of the protest and when they were rioting and everything and to the fairness of her kids her friends at school her so-called friends they really didn't know how she was feeling because she kept that all bundled up inside she didn't even let chris didn't know no one knew that she was the witness in that car that she was the witness that she actually seen her best friend get killed they knew about natasha but they didn't know until the media started putting out that it was a witness there. And then, you know, she got linked to it, I think, by uh, the little girl's brother. But that's yeah. how they want That's why she didn't want them to protest, because you wanted to protest to get a day out of school, which I can understand, because a lot of people don't like. But you like the fact that you get Martin Luther King all because it's a paid holiday but you're not going nowhere near the Democrats or the African-American community. I see that happen on my workplace. So, you know, it's like stand up for what's right and what's wrong is wrong. And instead of saying, I'm sorry for this, y'all just wanted to let's get up out of here to where a true friend would have had that compassion. Chris had compassion for it. He loved her. He loved her. Chris's hood. Chris's hood. I love Chris, the boyfriend. I love him. But, yeah. you know, um, they grew up. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing. I think kind of being with. He was watching the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, that's why. Yes, yes, because, yeah. 
But he had in there. He was a cool guy. He was a cool guy. I like he 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 made a good boyfriend for her though. Like even though there was her racial issues with it or her dealing with it, um, it was just great. It was it was it it was they, they make a cute couple for this story. But you know, and then it's like how the police could always assume we assume that they you assume so much. Now look at him. He wasn't even a gang member. But that's how they bust up in the church to make them think that they was at his funeral. That little boy wasn't even a member of the gang. Oh, oh my God. Did you did you see how they just like, so you know how you get jumped into a gang while you alive? They jumped him into the gang because he was dead. But it had to do with- Because he was dead. Yeah, yeah. Like who does that? Because King, the head drug lord, and that's the one who Star Daddy had went to jail for in the beginning when he was in jail when Star was born because he took his rap. He took his charges because he would have been a three-time loser. Yeah, the father Maverick, you call him King? Yes. Which one was Maverick? No, King was, King was Maverick was um, Star's daddy. The king yeah. was um yeah, the other guy. Kenyatta. So, right. Kenyatta's so, the, so Matt yeah. took King's rap. He took he, he took he, yes. That's why yeah. he was in jail when that when his daughter was a baby. But they got pulled over and he had some drug they had a drug bust. And um the king already had that would have been his third strike. So Maverick didn't have any charges, he took the rap. So the thing about Maverick, and, and it's a good name too. So his dad is Maverick. And the, the good thing about it, Ivana, you read this book? <laughs> Ivana, you read this book too? <laughs> she belong up here too. Um, she's holding down the chat with the facts. Uh, what I loved about Sarah's dad, and y'all will definitely know why, but um, he took the experiences of his youth, his mistakes. And this is what I talk about when I say successful black men in a, in a community need to give back and build up the community by their experiences, especially when they've done a 360 change or when they've been in a situation and this, the circumstances now are so much different. And they've taken their life in a totally new direction. They need to share that because that is what youth needs. So, um, that is what um, youth need uh, more of. They need to see more of that because folks are. Um, I, I just was I was taken back because I recently suggested it. And somebody was like, successful people shouldn't have to go back into the hood. And so the hood has successful people in it. They just need to be more verbal. So while he was doing it within his in, in his home, and he was doing it within his store, how he embraced people, and the other relationships that he was, or partnerships he had in the community, and how he was standing up, um, were all examples of him giving back and 
taking on a better life. But never to be, um, there's a moment in the book where the police approach him was an argument with somebody he was having. Anyway, the police approach him and put him down on the ground in front of his kids. They really did a, hum a humiliating moment with him that was probably equivalent to being pulled over by a stop. And that was crazy. That was just, that was a crazy moment for me because it was like our strongest black man in the story and he is humiliated, like, at least to me. I don't know. What was your thoughts, Katrina? I was like, that was they, so bad. Oh, he, he, he felt so bad. They belittled him in front of his children, but when they looked at the name, it could be because, oh, they know Star is the one that's the witness against the other police officer. You know, police officers do stick together. But, you know, once her uncle, you know, he, he left the career too because he knew how they grew up. But when he found out that officer had that gun on Star, that's what made him go at that officer. But so I don't know. I know it's police brutality. We already know it's prejudice. We already know racism. All of this is so real. But they did not do it for a proper reason because the man they thought he was arguing with was telling them we were just talking. It don't look like that to me. They abuse their authority. That's what police officers do. They abuse their authority, and they really embarrassed him in front of his children to where that's where kids start developing hatred for police officers, seeing stuff like that to their loved ones and know they didn't do anything. That was a moment for me that was sad. There were a lot of, so the book is emotional. You'll need Kleenex. Oh, um, some a lot of moments that I was crying and laughing. <laughs> oh, my God. There was just like things. I, like, I didn't even know that Tupac was such an influence, and it makes sense to me now. Um, I, I wrote here that although you can predict the final outcome, this book gives you insight into the process, the destruction of the community, the exit plan of many. That means that at the end of the day, if you really want to be safe, we abandon those communities. And um, it's just dismay at life. If you if you really want to live life, sometimes you've got to go because your zip code dictates how well you will be treated. I felt like there were times in the book that you would be in suspense rooting for the kids to finish their adventure through this nightmare and actually the actual horror story that could make it to the big seven. As I was reading this book, I believed it could go to the big screen. So I was not now, like, I'm not surprised now that it will hit the big screen. I just felt that it would. And I, was really, I was really surprised that when she went to the grand jury that they didn't indict him. But that just lets you know how 
real it is because she told everything. And it was a hand. How do you get a hairbrush from a gun? He saw a handle. You thought it was a gun. The guy, the, the father got him on, on, on there to make him look like he was the victim. I think Stardo summarized it best. You're not supposed to move. Any sudden move could cost you your life. It's unfortunate, but that's just the situation. So even though it was a hair, a hair, a hairbrush or whatever it is, it's a sudden move. Yes, they're scared. They're scared when they pull people over. I'd probably be scared too. I'd probably be any Oakley with a gun too. Imagine that. But you know, like. You want to be responsible. I don't think that people took on the uniform just to kill people either. You understand? So there is a danger with the job. There's an, an, an there's just a danger with it. I always ask this question: Do you think the book was titled properly? I please, I please the like the hate you give, like. Do you think it was a good title to to go with this book? If you want to go back to, I I do when they had broke it down to what they said what Tupac was saying. Um, when she compares it to Tupac, it makes so much more sense to me. But I, I was like, that was the whole thing, and I wasn't that burst on a two-part thing. It was a hot mess for me. And it took me a minute. I was in um, another person's chat and they they talked about the hate you give. Uh, like, I, I had seen some documentaries and you know, I grew up in the Tupac era. Um, I thought of his thug life as something totally different. I thought of it being like two opposing views, thug and life. Like normally those two just don't, don't mesh well. So with that, I kind of then did sway on the fact that I thought it was a good title for it. Um, it wasn't that hate was being distributed out here, but I thought that it was competing. If, if you use Tupac as an example um, of the underlying motivation there, that there was two competing thoughts there, thug and life. Like they don't really go together. If you're thugging, your life is a struggle and that's that's right it, it but it's it's too competing what what is more important to me is that the thug and the life is two competing um and two competing thoughts if you thug in it is hard to have the good life you can have the good life but you're always looking over your shoulder and I know that from experience, and I understand that. And I think this, I think Thomas did a splendid job getting it out there. Do, do, what it is like to be in the hood and want to be much better than that. Like you want much more for your child, your children, but you're stuck where you're at and you're competing with some people who don't want anything other than the thug or you know here was seven struggling with his sisters who were left inside of 
the drug infested family chain when he had his other sister and his and his brother that are living in the good life and he's partaking in the good life he's about to graduate and go on to college and he's got to leave his sisters behind in this environment so it's like i, I thought after after i give it some more thought i really thought that the title really matched up the the competing um the competing challenges that the characters within the story, the reality fiction face. Seven had got a chance to see how life should have been, being with his dad and his stepmom. But the mother, you know, he he loved her. He loved her. And so we have to think about the environment of what we put our children in to make them to make the decisions that we make. You know, a lot of them aren't selling drugs just to feed you, and then you go on and they having five, six, seven kids, and all the kids sitting around there hungry. To the older ones, feel like it's their responsibility to bring in food to feed these kids. Oh, I love Devontae. That's it. Was not for Devontae. I mean, Devontae came in. And so his brother is the one that got killed at the party that Star had no business in that night. It was when I found out that was his brother. I was like, "Wow, okay, this story has really taken a twist." So you know, it makes you sit up more and start looking. But they got into the game too to help their. They got into selling drugs to feed their mother and their little sisters. It's like, and you know, that's why so many of our young men, our young black men, are in jail today because mothers, let's let them be children and don't think they have to provide for us. You know, I mean, some struggles we should have. We should get away from. I love the fact that they mother, you know, get them out the hood, get them out the hood, move out. If I, if I had to, we had to move in a one bedroom apartment in a decent neighborhood and grow because you will become a product of your environment. And all that was was drug infested. And those kids then none of them wanted to sell the drugs. They did it. Clear, what he do it for? Because his mother had owed a drug deal. She she owed it a drug deal. So that's why. So the, so she wouldn't get killed. He agreed to sell the drugs to save his mom's life. Devontae and his brother sold the drugs be, to help his mother and their kids. Her kids. And seven. I she he's stuck in the middle because you know Maverick and King they were, and I, you know you would think that somebody took your route where you could have been looking at twenty five to life you would disrespect that person for the rest of your life but that was that just not how he was you was beating that woman you was beating that her kids and she would always choose him over her son remember she put him out. And they found his clothes in the plastic bag outside his dad's house. And he had scholarships. He was accepted in the six colleges, but he still wanted to be close 
to be there because he was always worried about his sisters and his mother. But there was hopefully in the end she winded up in jail too. But you know that's another story. Yeah, there was the moment when the mother did put the kids first towards the end when they when he took his sisters out of the house. Yes, was she? Uh, you? Uh, yeah. yeah, that was that was a good moment. That was a big. That that was that was another Kleenex moment for me. Because I was like, you know, you would think that she, uh, yeah, she did get him out of here, get your sisters out of here, because she knew how he was going to act. He, yeah. you know, you don't want yeah, kids I, to I was all like, your own kids' blood on your hands. Yeah, I felt, I, I felt for her because I was like, I know she going down. I knew she was gone. Like, I just knew that it was not going to be a good night for her. But I felt like that was the one moment I felt like she did have love for her son. These are all these are all yeah. um, hard topics because I think that there is a there there is an element of wanting to help the mother out. So you know, I, I understand the situation kids find themselves in. Grown folks need to handle grown folks' business and keep kids out of it, but. You only have a short period of time to be a child. You have a lifetime to be an adult. If you get to make it to it, you have a lifetime of it. And the thing about um, Star's other friend that was um, murdered earlier on and the impact of it was that that was a drive-by while kids were just That was a drive-by. They was outside playing in the water. Yeah, that's just... Um, That's just like when you just get so frustrated knowing that life is just, you know, tomorrow's not promised to you, but life can be taken so easily. What's it? Um, I am looking for, I can't find it because I was looking for Katrina, not, not Katrina, I was looking for Evalmane. Um, email but i can't find it and i thought she emailed me because she needs to be up here she's got all the other good points she's coming up when it's like girl why you not up here yeah i i i his the, the mother the parents were just so rich like it just in being so down to earth to me, they were just like what you would hope to find in parents. You know that have kids like this is what you would hope to get. You want parents that were so vested in their kids that they just that you just love your family. You just love your family. Like the kids didn't ask to be here, so they really did take time to love the kids, even though they went through their own stuff. All right, Missy, that I love the chat. But um, I thought it was, a, um, if I had to rate this book, three, two, or one mangoes, I would definitely have to give it the three mangoes because I loved it, I read it, 
um, it just it just seems so real to me that it didn't even seem like fiction, and um, and it's it's a reality. And it's real life. Yeah, it's real life. Parents parents need to see it. You need to share with a lot a lot of young, especially a lot of young parents need need to see this, and we need to share. You know, we are, you know they tell their kids now, put your hands here. Put your hands on the. You cannot make one one certain movement, wrong movement, will cost you your whole entire life. I tell my daughter now that she rides in that pouch. If they ever ask you put you over, and they tell you you need your license and you're going in that pouch, you let them know, hey, I got a taser in here. So what? <laughs> she said yes, it was good, and I don't read. <laughs> But it was, I, I, thought, I thought it was good. And again, I will love to come back in October after I've seen the movie. And I'm going to tell those people, you better make the movie better than the book because I'm going to hold you to I'm, I'm going to hold you to it because I felt like there were moments when I was like running through the streets with these kids, jumping over buildings and stuff. You know, climbing through backyards and and stuff. So, if I felt that way, uh, the movie better have me feeling that way sitting through it. Wait. Yeah, I sure would have liked to seen all the action they were going through at towards you know the end of the book when they decided to when they went and got Devontae's from um, Kiana's house. And they yeah. decided to go out and do the ride, and then the little protest, and then when she threw that cocktail, I, I would have like, I would love to have seen that part, you know, actually seeing that because she went through so much and she held so much in. To the trailer. Oh, be a movie. Yeah, no, the movie's coming out October nineteenth, uh, seventeenth or nineteenth. It's in October, but there's a trailer for it. I will link the trailer in the description box, and it looks like they got some of the excitement in the um thing. What else I oh. found, like you know, from the justice point of view, I'm not gonna tell you all of this, but the activism, the, like when the activists um joined in, they were no crazy activists. They actually respected the witness, and I thought that that was exactly um, that was key. They, they didn't try to explore the work at all. <laughs> you, you understand? They didn't explore so they were to what she was going to. And that's why I thought the book was so good in that we, even though you can anticipate that there was going to be a disappointment in the decision, it didn't focus on the disappointment of the decision as much as it focused on how do we get there? And not how do we get there towards decision? Because that's what got the neighborhood all up and up and up and arms by how the character itself processed and walked through this to get to that. So we saw we we saw we saw someone go from being fragile to being empowered to to standing up. So even though the person didn't get the outcome, we kind of feel like I walked away. Then, 
That's just yeah, my she, she, she believed that she got the satisfaction because she spoke up. You, you kept, you kept. She didn't say in the beginning. Remember that it was just a brush and how he had when she first went to the police department. She didn't give them the story that she had gave her uncle in the DA. Mm-hmm. And so I believe since and then you know the media the night that they were out there when all this chaos was going on and she made the newspapers and all the news channels and she was able to get her point across and she was able to say what she had to say that made her feel better that made her feel like she stood up for her point. But yes. that's how she did a great she job. Anyway. She gave Khalil a voice. Everyone else had a voice except for Khalil. He was no longer here. And she actually gave Khalil a voice. She felt like she was Khalil's voice. Yes. So I'm, I'm glad she was able to get that out because that's how she kept feeling. Nobody's talking about him. Everybody's coming with the accusations of how he they thought he was. Nobody knew the real him. Like she did, because they were what, best friends. They were girls since three, four years old. And remember at the party, Kiana walked off and she didn't really know nobody, but everybody knew him. And when he came into the party, he went straight to her. You know, so you know that's a deep friendship. Yeah, there was there, there they were was, really good friends. Like, yeah, racism was like all tied in. I'm gonna end with how the book ends. Once upon a time there was a hazel eyed boy with dimples. I called him Khalil. The world called him a thug. He lived, but not nearly long enough, and for the rest of my life I'll remember how he died. Fairy tale, no, but I'm not giving up on a better ending. It would be easy to quit if it was just about me, Khalil, that night, and that cop. It's about way more than, than that, though. It's about Seven, Sakini, Kiana, Devante. It's also about Oscar. Ayana, Trayvon, Rakia, Michael, Eric, Tamir, John, Azel, Sandra, Freddie, Alton, Philando. It's even about that little boy in 1955 who nobody recognized at first, Emmett. The messed up part there are so many more, yet I think it'll change one day. How? I don't know. When? I definitely don't know. Why? Because there will always be someone ready to fight. Maybe it's my turn. Others are fighting too, even in the garden, where sometimes it feels like there's not a lot worth fighting for. People are realizing and shouting and marching and demanding. They're not forgetting. I think that's the most important part. Khalil, I'll never forget. I'll never give up. I'll never be quiet. I promise. And that's how I'm going to end this tonight. Thank you, Katrina, for joining me. And thank you for taking the time to 
read or listen to the book Evolve and Miss um, Coleman and all the rest of the influencers that dropped in and um, participate. God, Evolve and Miss um, Coleman just went hamburger, black diamonds. I saw Harris in the house. Harris, I did a book review. Um, my kiddo, Gab Talk Media. Who else did I miss? Diane, Tyon, Sharice, cousin Sharice, Nikki C in the place to be. And thank you, especially Nikki C, for helping me with the setup today and all the other people. Um, let me see if I missed anybody. Diane, who came up holding up the beginning. I'm just scanning through here. I want to thank all the folks. Um, I did receive some stuff from um, from Logic with the mangoes. I couldn't get the hang uh, not the hangout. I couldn't get OBS to do what I needed it to do. So I got to practice on that. But I'm gonna use them moving forward. Thank you very much for that influence. Um, and all those oh Gleb Gleb talk. Thank you. Because he was walking me through different things to purchase and, and took the time to really help me try to figure out what stuff I need to make the platform work. So, guys, I appreciate all the support that I'm getting from you. And I hope that um, this shows you that we're moving in, in the right direction. As you know, I'm going to do the blind, um, blind date with a book. And that will be coming out every evening. And what it will be is about 30 minutes, so you don't have to buy an audio book. I'm going to read a book to you, and um, I will not tell you the title of the book until it's done. And hopefully more of you will come up here and will review the book at the end um, of that escapade. So you will have no excuse that you did not participate in the book. Um, and, and that's it. And, it, and it's, a, it's, it's an interesting book. It's not one of the books that were on the list. So you don't get off of not reading those books. But I just felt like um, we were doing all of this conversation about dating and stuff. So I was like, hey, why not a blind date with a book? So that was better. And just to clarify, I have removed the dating app. God, that took like forever. So I'd rather have a blind date with a book than go through match.com any day of the week. Anyway, with that being said, thank you again, Katrina. You got anything you want to say to anyone? No, I just want to say thank you for having me. I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed our live. And good night, everybody. Thank you. This is Mo, and I got to go. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.